The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm here, Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KAB TV. Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 230 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Kalif for 97 years, and our prayer tall, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hans Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience. Saints, wherever you are, in the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and confluence and homes, and should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. Jesus spoke in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Are you ready to make the sacrifice of God's plan for salvation? Today is the day of salvation if you will accept Him, because tomorrow is not promised to us. These things shall be as a strong and vibrant song that will be done by our church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn 
and accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Because we believe in the gospel that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon, we will continue to lift his name above all other names. We now have the men and women of our church band under my leadership playing a pleasant sounding hymn entitled, Wonderful, Wonderful Jesus.
Our soloist this morning, Seth Makana Asano Sr., will sing a wonderful, inspiring song entitled, Heaven's Embrace. As we listen to part of the words being sung, cradled in His kindness and sheltered by His grace, like a child in heaven's embrace, it's comforting to know that God's everlasting love for all of mankind is ever-present around us daily. Playing the background music for Makana will be Tiara Summers on the piano, Associate Pastor Mara being on the bass, and Trusty Associate Pastor Edwin Sproul Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars. Stay long. 
In Psalms 148, verses 1 and 5, it reads, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Listen as the church choir praises Jesus in this delightfully calming rendition of Highest Place. Accompanying the choir will be Tiari Summers on the piano, Pahaku Kara on the organ.
Imagine a place where there is no more sadness or heartbreak, a place where sickness or pain doesn't exist, where there are mansions on high and streets of gold. This place exists in God's glorious kingdom in the heavens above. With her God-given talents, Rose Paco caught her perform on her banjo, this uplifting and inspirational song titled, Where Will Never Grow Old. Husband and wife of Sosa Parishes, Timothy and Emilia Hahn Sr., will showcase their love for Jesus in this uplifting and reassuring song entitled, Love Lifted Me. Are you ready to be lifted by Jesus, viewers? The time is now to accept Him as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord, because tomorrow is not promised to us. 
It's with sheer delight that we dedicate this wonderful song to Mr. and Mrs. Mark and Laurie Manning of Oahu, Hawaii. Your love for the Lord will not go unrewarded or unrecorded. May Jesus pour out bountiful blessings upon you and your family in this life and that to come pressed down and overflowing. Happy bright and blessed Sunday. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my Bearing pride from the waters left at me. 
Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts have now been viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 228 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming, from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At Okamaki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneda Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Melvin. A practicing Christian pays careful attention to those gospel details which are necessary in his daily life if he expects to be a part of the rapture when Jesus returns in clouds of glory for his very own. I am certain, television viewers, that if you are like me, you do not want to be left behind. You do not want to be counted among the multitudes who fail to acquire their salvation through the simple act of water baptism in the name of Jesus. Therefore, it would be a great gain spiritually if you took this time to partake in the reading of God's Word during the presentation of the sermon, which I have entitled, He Will Return in Clouds of Glory. Some years ago, I heard of a story of a small plane in flight advertising upon a banner, Captain of the Clouds. Then I thought of how Jesus went away in a cloud and how he would come back again in a cloud. And I said to myself, it is Jesus 
who is the real captain of the clouds. I decided to see what the Bible said about clouds and organized my findings into a sermon. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, we read of God and his creations. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. He created the clouds of various elements. When he looked upon the clouds, he said, it is good. God made the clouds for a purpose. We find that three fourths of the earth is comprised of water. God positioned the bodies of water in certain places since the bodies of land required moisture and water for the blessing of mankind. Thus the clouds play an important part in God's plan to irrigate the land. He fills clouds with water guides them over the land and causes them to pour forth the water in the form of rain upon the thirsty land. Reading Hebrews chapter 6, verse 7, For the earth which drinketh in that rain that cometh off upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessings from God. During one of our trips to the mainland, we jetted through some clouds nestled over the Rockies. We marveled at the beauty which God had created. We could see them arrayed in diverse colors, we also viewed dark clouds that indicated a possible storm was approaching. We saw that golden and red hue so familiar at sunset. Yes, he made the clouds, and he made them functional and panoramic, as you read in Psalms 8, 1, verses 1 and 3. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set the glory above the heavens. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, and the stars which thou hast ordained, a God's alluring and picturesque world has become marred and stained with sin and corruption. Because every thought of man's heart was evil continually, God decided to destroy the world and mankind in a flood. However, God found one man who loved him. Yes, a lone man who had forsaken evil. God decided to save not only him, but his family as well. God intended to use them as seedbed for a new generation of mankind. Reading Genesis 6, 8, excuse me. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Grace is the kindness and love of God, our Savior to one man. It does not involve works of righteousness, which we have done. Thus, he commanded Noah to build an ark to keep house, to house and keep them safe when the flood came. As you read in Genesis 6, 14, make thee an ark of gopher wood, Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. The ark is a wonderful type of Christ. It pictures for us the only way in which people can be saved from the awful judgment that God will surely bring upon sin. Only those in the ark were saved, and thus only those who are in the Lord Jesus Christ, by having put their trust in him, will be saved when God again eliminates the sinners from the earth. When the flood finally materialized, all mankind was destroyed except for eight souls. As you find in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 to 21, which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure unto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. These verses confirm the words of Jesus found in Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, 
but he that believeth not shall be damned. Indeed, baptism is essential to salvation. It is a type of death, burial, and resurrection, synonymous to that experienced by our Lord and Savior. As you refine in Romans 6, 3 and 4, know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Jesus instructed Nicodemus as following in John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the seventh verse, he reads, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. And I say to you, to our television audience, that for you to be born of water requires that you be baptized by immersion in water in the name of Jesus Christ. To be born of the Spirit requires that you speak in tongues. It is the only Bible evidence provided scripturally in the Bible which can be used to confirm that you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You may wonder why the name of Jesus is the only name which can be used in water baptism. The reason is simple and emphatically declared in Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Within this passage, the Lord also has two wonderful promises for you. He removes your sins as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more. And he gives you the gift of the Holy Ghost, which affords you the opportunity to enter the kingdom of God. Why is the name of Jesus used in baptism, you ask? Acts 4.12 declares, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. There is only one Savior for this lost and dying world, and his name is Jesus. Now, when the flood was over and Noah and his family emerged from the ark, God said, I will never destroy mankind by a flood again. God sealed this promise by placing a beautiful rainbow of diverse colors in the sky and spoke the words written in Genesis chapter 9, verses 13 to 15. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a, for a token of covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall no more come, come a flood to destroy all flesh. Therefore, the boughs or the bow seen upon the storm clouds of judgment has been thought to symbolize the cross and is an assurance that such a judgment will never again be repeated. It is also a type of Jesus Christ that is he who died on the cross of Calvary and made the perfect sacrifice once for all. This present world, according to the Bible, will be destroyed by fire, and the heavens shall pass away with great noise, and the elements affected by fervent heat shall melt. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. What then does the rainbow show us? It shows us the Lord's faithfulness, and just as He has kept this promise, so will He fulfill all other promises. He tells us, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Yes, he loves the sinner, but not the sin that is in the sinner. The bad may come, the good may come, the young may come, the old may come, the learned may come. He will receive and embrace all. 
He never casts out those who come to Him. Jesus wants everyone to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and the material things needed shall be added to those who do. Each person must put the Lord first in all things. Listen to Matthew 11:28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This world is full of sin and burdened hearts, but the world offers no peace, joy, or rest, for peace, joy, and the rest are found only in Jesus Christ, as you find in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And he can prevent each of you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. We are not spotless. And he is calling a people out of a people for his name's sake to form his church of which he is still the head. Listen to Ephesians 5, 27 and 30, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. For we are his members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. When Jesus comes, we shall be changed into his likeness. Read in 1 John 3, 2 and 3. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. There is no question that Jesus is coming for his own. The water washed, blood washed, spirit filled, and those walking in the light. As we read in Jude 14 15, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. When the children of Israel were in bondage as slaves in Egypt, God selected Moses as a leader who would guide them toward the promised land. Moses did not know which route to take. Therefore, God descended in a pillar of cloud to show them the way. Listen to Exodus chapter 13, verses 21, 22. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Today, the Lord directs us through His Spirit, His Word, and through signs and wonder-working miracles. For us, the situation has changed because the Holy Spirit has assumed the status of the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. We read in John 16, 13, Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak. And He will show you things to come. Now, clouds can really blow things out. The sun is one of the brightest objects in the universe, but its brightness can be easily blotted out by a cloud. Listen to Isaiah 44, 22. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. God contends, come unto me, and I will blot out your sins. As you read in Isaiah 1, 18, Come now, and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, it shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. How are thy sins blotted out? They are removed by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
as is disclosed in 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Yes, the blood of Jesus cleanses us so thoroughly that our sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. The 11th chapter of Hebrews tells us about the patriarchs who were men of great faith. Read in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Weight is not always sin in itself. It refers to anything which holds us back from making progress. The weights are not necessarily external. They are first of all in the heart. The moment a thing gets a place in the heart and mind, which is not in God's purpose, it becomes a weight, no matter what it is. And the result is soon obvious. We all have a besetting sin that clings to us. And if we don't let it go, it will impede our progress in spiritual freedom. We're all running an appointed race. Each step in the course has been marked for us. Jesus himself was transported away on a cloud. As we read in Acts 1, 9 through 11, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in wet apparel, which also said, E men of Galilee, why stand he gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Yes, this same Jesus will come again in the same way he left. He departed in his glorified body, thus he will return in his glorified body. He went away as a person, he will return as a person. He was seen ascending, he will be seen descending. He was taken up in the clouds, he will return in the clouds. When he returns, angels and saints will be with him. The important thing is a true born-again believer should do is to occupy until he comes by witnessing, watching, and praying. This is the hope of the church, the second coming of the Lord in clouds of glory for his own. His initial journey which took him from the heaven to earth included an itinerary which took him from glory to humiliation, shame and suffering. But now he has returned in glory. After Jesus rose to heaven upon that cloud, the disciples stood there aghast and amazed. He will appear with a shout at the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Succeeding them will be those of us who are alive and remain. We shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. This second coming for his own shall be a secret coming. Only those who are ready will see him. Those who are left behind will have to live through the tribulation period. They will remember the ominous warnings and our brimstone and fire preachings about the inevitable event. Jesus is coming soon. Prophesied throughout the years since his ascension. Time has run out. Remorse and regret will beset those left behind. During the first coming, he will come for his own. Then he will come back with his saints to earth, and every eye shall see him. Listen to Revelation 1-7. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen.
As the time of his coming in the air approaches, it means two things. First, to all born-again Christians, we read in Luke 21, 28, and when these things become to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And to the lost soul, we read in Matthew 24, 21 to 22, for then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be, and except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. For the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Therefore, we must get ready for we know not the day nor the hour when he shall return. We must get ready for we know that not the day nor the hour when he shall return. We must get ready since for us there will be nothing but joy and speak when full of glory. Now the entirety of this great drama, Jesus is seen as a lead or chief shepherd. He is indeed the captain of the clouds. Are you ready to meet him? Will you be happy when you hear the cry, come up hither? Sometime ago, I heard of a military wife on the street being asked, where is your husband? She answered, he has been away on maneuvers for several weeks and I certainly miss him. Then her face lit up and she said, but he is coming home in the morning. She had a right to be happy. The one she loved was coming home. We do ought to feel the same way about the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has been away a long time, but his Bible, he tells us in John 14, 2, 3, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there he may be also. We don't know when it will be, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, but we know that his coming is imminent. Can you imagine how the people of the Old Testament looked forward to his coming? They thought about it. They talked about it. They dreamed about it. But as the years went by and he didn't come, they gave up hope. They quit looking for him. Thus, when he did come, they didn't recognize him. Reading John 1.11, he came unto his own and his own received him not. They rejected and crucified him. When is Jesus coming back? That's an easy question. We do not know exactly when he will return. When Jesus was on earth, he said that he did not know and that the angels did not know the day nor the hour. Once it claims he came in 1914, but that his coming was spiritual and no one saw him. But the Bible says, behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. Another sex that he was coming in 1844. They sold their farms, gave them away. They put on their white robes and gathered on the mountaintops and waited for him. But they were disappointed. God's schedule didn't fit in with their hearts. Other dates were chosen, but still he didn't return. Some have even gone to the pyramid in Egypt to ascertain the date of his coming. They measure certain parts of the pyramid. They say that each inch represents a year, and thus they have a set date for him to come. But praise the Lord, God hasn't seen fit to cooperate with their measurements. The idea of seeking or receiving a revelation from God in a heathen tomb is not feasible. I have a cemetery law which I bought seven years ago, but I may never use it. Jesus may come any minute and take me up to be with him. It will be a wonderful time for all true born-again believers. All our sorrows will be over. Sickness and sadness, disease and death, troubles and taxes will be forever past. We will meet our loved ones who died in the faith, including our mothers, fathers, husbands, wives, and children. When Jesus comes, you'll see them again and hug them in your arms. What a victorious day it is going to be for all of us. The earthly things are so temporary, so fleeting. Why do we give them all our time and energy? They will die with the setting of our life suns. Why don't we give more of our time and attention to those things that last forever? Listen to Luke 21, 34. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. Jesus is telling us that the day is coming suddenly and that we are not to fill our lives with so many worldly things because one day we must say goodbye to all these things. All our anxieties, tensions, 
and stresses, all our fears and foolishness will be washed away forever. When Noah went into the ark, God shut the door and no one could open it. I can imagine that many who scoffed at Noah's preaching came pounding on the door. They begged for the salvation, but their pleas were too late. Today is the day of salvation if you will but hear his voice. Jesus is indeed the captain of the clouds and he is coming, returning with 10,000 of his saints to rule and reign on this earth. If you'd like to know more about God's word, the church, and review these telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of his hands. To close another sweet hour of fellowship, we have the church band playing for us his anthem entitled, Deeper, Deeper.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.